coming to you live from inside the globe, perched high atop the Bugle Planet building in sunny Gotham City. It's Hey Kids Comics with two guys who are always ready to seduce the innocent, your hosts, Andrew Farmer and the Jedi Cole Houston. And now it's time for Hey Kids Comics. Mario Brothers going into the tunnels. Ah, uh, this is Hey Kids Comics. <laughs> I am Andrew Farmer with me as always. I, yeah. I'm the a dumbstruck Cole Houston. It, we are we are the Mario and Luigi of your Princess Peach, and we know you're in another castle, but we are going to vandalize the one we're in now. How many castles did she have? Do you think? I, well. I think she was just, you know, daddy bought her a lot of castles. Let's daddy bought her a lot of, yeah, that, I mean, that, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you have to have, for one thing, well, you know, it's Japan. So you have to have castles for spring, summer, winter, and fall festivals. <laughs> Is that and, right? And then, you know, oh, yes, absolutely. And then in my world... And then, of course, you have to... Hey, uh, I saw Shogun. Yeah, that's right. That James Clavell sure can write. (laughs) About Japan. About Japan and nothing else. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) else. So, you know, I guess really the volume of castles are immaterial to where we're headed tonight. Are they? I don't know. Where are we? I don't know that we are headed anywhere, except for... Um, right now, neither Cole nor I have a beard. That's what I know. Yeah. <laughs> we both... I, it's uncanny. I just, I feel like, uh, oh, ego at the, at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I just feel like a, a lot of jawline. Yeah, it's just, yeah, well, I mean, there's I a reason a for that. a whole lot of jawline. It's because, I don't know, you can't shorten Cole into anything, can you? Um, we, 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 we're doing, I'm screw it. We're doing a show, uh, today about, I'm uh, simply the JC. <laughs> you're, you're, hey, I'm JC. <laughs> you can't come in. You're not on the list. Um, I don't know why you're a bouncer at a club. Yeah. I just, I, it's what I get from JC. Um, no, you know, that we, we have come from a five-issue story arc, which was really, really in-depth with a lot of research. Spinning out of that story arc, we had another topic, which you know we did a lot of research for, <laughs> um, put a lot of time and effort into. So tonight, while there is research, you know, don't don't get it don't get it twisted, as the kids say. We do have research. I have a feeling tonight's going to be a little bit of a different show because. Instead of, you know, your consummate hosts, Cole and, uh, Cole and Andrew, um, you're getting Cole and Andrew uh, from Earth 3, which, which do a, right. a radio uh, drive time, you know, morning show, FM morning show. <laughs> it's, it's a different world. Called Cole it's, and it's the Weaver. Very, very different world, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's Andy and Sasquatch in the morning. Andy and Sasquatch in the morning. <laughs> And we just have a little Chewbacca roll. like, Andy and Sasquatch Hi, in the morning. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Did I ever tell you the story of, of how I got my start? I, I, I promise we'll talk about comics, but how I got my start in college radio. I made an audition. <laughs> I made a morning drive time audition tape. Wow. So it was it was a morning drive time radio show with breaks. You know, it was it was it was air breaks, but I also did the sound effects. I found sound effects and put them in. Well, of course you did. And that's been, what, the I late got, 80s or something. Yeah. At 17 years old, that's what got my start. Probably why I'm here today is because it was like elephant noises and like car <laughs> horns. Shit. Well, you know, and, and, and thank God for that, because yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be here to talk to you about. The reason we are literally mirroring ourselves. Right. Now, so we're going to talk about, Cole had the brilliant idea to talk about the crime syndicate or the crime yeah. syndicate of America or the CSA. So many, so many different names. Um, but I did want to start this by talking a little bit about Earth 3, because I think that it's Absolutely. an interesting starting point for ju- just talking about the crime syndicate. Um I do want to say this crime syndicate started. It was it's the crime syndicate's first appearance was in August of 1964. That is amazing. So before I was even born, which there are precious few things that we talk about on this show that existed prior to me. So I want to check something real fast. I did not have a chance and it dawned on me while we were getting ready to, um, to record this. Interesting. Interesting. So in my thought process, I started thinking about um, the idea of, you know, the evil doppelganger in pop culture, because the whole premise of the crime syndicate and of Earth 3 is it's opposite Earth. So up up is down, left is right. But not in a bizarro way where, you know, you hate someone so much you don't you get divorced. Right. Right. Full divorce ceremony. Right. uh, you celebrate your hatred for one another. Well, in the, and, that's a bizarro world. But so, this is this is just an opposite world, but not a bizarro opposite. Well, it's it is it is described as the mirror image, not yeah. bizarro image, but a mirror image, which got me thinking. What was the year? And I just looked it up. What year do you think uh, Mirror Mirror, season two, oh. episode four of Star Trek aired? Interesting. And it would have to have been like 64, 65, something like that, wouldn't it? 67. 67. Earth 3 predates, at 1964, Star Trek's Mirror Mirror. So I'm wondering if if we have a matter of, you know, a, a, it's not a chicken in the egg. I want to know what actually came first, because those are two, as far as, you know, our culture goes two defining moments because in comics you had earth one or before before anything you had earth yeah you had earth earth had the flash earth had superman wonder woman you know it had its it had its core hawkman i'm i'm trying to remember the the earlier aquaman i think at that point was yeah um there as aquaman was a member of the justice league of america correct um but then you had Flash of Two Worlds. So we you established at that point an Earth One or an Earth and an Earth Two, a parallel Earth, which was 
a popular sci-fi concept. Yes. Not not different, almost the same. You know, it's very much a, a Philip K. Dickian idea, Heinlein, that sort of idea. You had this, you know, you, you had Jay Garrick on this other Earth, which, you know, reaches out to the Flash for help, and, and you know, the Flash has to figure out how to get to Earth 2, and they, you know, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> Up to the point where we have, we don't have, here's an interesting thing about Earth 3. We have two parallel wor- worlds until 1964, Justice League number 29, when Earth 3 is introduced. Yes. So... Justice League 29, 1964, is when they developed the multiverse. That is the multiverse. That is the start. With Earth-3, with the crime syndicate, we have the first establishment of a true multiverse in the DC universe. Up, it, It's pretty much the Flash of Two Worlds, you know, has the pitch. Or, yes. you know, effectively gets the ball rolling. Right. Well, if we have two, why not have three? Yes. And and if you're going to have a third, why not have a fourth? Where the Fawcett character is going to live? You know, and all of a sudden you've got this idea that is able to be extrapolated and run to the ends. Of, I was going to say the ends of the earth, but the ends of all earths. Um, so uh, Gardner Fox and Mike Sikowski introduce Earth 3. Earth 3 is a mirror image of of, of our earth, of, of the earth that you know, the Superman, Wonder Woman Aquaman Earth. Yes. But what I love about it is they took the time to flesh out the differences between Earth 3 and our Earth. Because that Earth, up to a certain point, has the same history as, I don't know, the Earth that Marvel, that that Wolverine talks to you through the pages of the bullpen bulletin on. Our Earth. The Earth. (laughs) Yes. So, on Earth 3, old Chris Columbus was an American. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he discovers England yeah. and makes them the colony. How do you like that? How do you like that, boiling everything, bitches? You're our I'm, colony. That's right. How do you like them apples? <laughs> so they had a re- they had they had a, a reverse revolutionary war. England d- wins its independent from independence from us. Um, President John Wilkes Booth gets shot by actor Abraham Lincoln. You know, it's like it's. It's almost like a bad in the year 2000 Conan sketch, but, <laughs> but, but it was revolutionary for the time, Cole. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's such a clever idea because it, you know, once you establish this sort of bizarre history, then you can introduce these characters who are effectively the analogs of the core Justice League. They really didn't feel like they had to bother with absolutely everybody. Right. Um, and later they, f- they flesh it out more. But the, the, the crime syndicate consists of, what, five characters from Jump Street? Yes, indeed. You start out with the five core characters, which are Ultraman, not to be confused with the uh, Japanese series full of rubber monsters, but it is the evil version of Superman, and for reasons, um, young Kal-El is, uh, arrives on Earth and, I, I guess, uh, is adopted by the Purple Gang or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have uh, Amazonian Princess Diana, who is just a bitch. 
I guess, yeah, that's one way to put it. I guess that's right. And then I, I'm guessing maybe Bruce Wayne was, uh, like, thug child or something. Well, it's, it's not Bruce. I don't oh, think. Oh, that's... I think in the, even in the, even the original Owlman was Thomas. Oh, that's right. Thomas Wayne. Yeah, so Thomas Wayne fails to be murdered by... Well, no, no, the... the, So it's Thomas, it's it's Bruce's younger brother, Thomas Wayne Jr., um, gets murdered along with his mom, um, and Thomas Wayne Sr. is the, um, is the, uh, she is, is the Gordon of their world. Okay, yeah. And he... There we are, yes. And he uh, makes it... It takes it upon himself to, you know, to be the ultimate bad guy Batman and and, and ensure that no crime will ever be committed in Gotham again by just killing and murdering everybody. Also, uh, takes a bunch of, like, uh, brain steroids. He, he gets the Bradley Cooper Unlimited pill and takes that <laughs> shit. And now he... And now he has, like, super super brain power and crazy tech. So that's his story. Yeah, as none other than Owl Man. Which, uh, Cole, go ahead and explain the original 1964 Owl Man. Who? Damn it. Damn it, man. <laughs> I'll fall for it every time, so. Yeah. That thing tastes like chocolate. Um, Owl Man is... He is sort of your mirror analog to Batman. Sure. And he has a, to start with, he affects a very Batman-like, I mean, his costume is almost identical to Batman. Almost. Almost. But instead of a cowl, (laughs) it appears like he was cosplaying as the original Batman, the one with the little, those funky little, the the sweet little boots that, you know, sort of fold over at the ankle. Lancelot boots. (laughs) Yeah. And then instead of a cowl, because he doesn't have to give a damn about his identity, and probably to rub it into poor old dad. Sure. He goes and, like, maybe in dad's study or in a natural (laughs) history museum, and scoops out a taxidermy horned owl <laughs> and manages to, with the eyeballs intact. With eyeballs probably, intact, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming it was a taxidermy one because uh, it's preserved very well, uh, perhaps freeze-dried, who knows. But um, then just sort of crams that on his noggin. Right, like like clears out the part with like the body Pretty much from the from the uh, mandible down yeah beak down clears out the body and just wraps it around his head yeah he wears it like a hat he's wearing an owl as a hat and somehow yeah. the manages, man who mistook an owl for a hat manages to fight in air quotes fight crime that way with a taxidermied owl on his head which is probably way more horrifying than a guy in a bat suit when you actually think about it. Can you imagine so being true. in like the streets of Gotham and seeing a guy running at you with a taxidermied owl strapped to his head? Like well, that's I think enough. That is, uh, you can imagine the epiphany when he decided to become Owl Man. 
you know, he's thinking that um, the one thing that the good people of Gotham fear most is the type of person who would dismantle 90% of a taxidermied bird. <laughs> bird! And put it on their head. <laughs> I mean, that would scare the hell out of me. And, and why wouldn't it? I mean, that that's pretty terrifying. Uh, you know, later incarnations gave him a really kick-ass tech-looking costume and made him look like a sleek creature of the night, but damn when he got started. Yeah, it was great. He had the most, the most insane costume. I mean, and he had this sort of color scheme going on that was very much like Batman's. And then this orange-brown owl head. With like, on. It was like the like a hat you would get at the Hooters night at the baseball field. <laughs> I just it's so great. Whoever like vet it, that's a that's like a a, a Bob Kane. Uh, yes. Like, you know, what what would have happened if Bob Kane would have th- this is what would have happened if we would have yeah, let him have just, Batman. Just put a big orangey owl head on this guy's you know what head. This guy needs the big orange owl just strapped to his head. Uh, but, you know, years ago, I was out uh, at a toy or comic convention with the Toyminator. Oh. And somebody had the original DC Direct Owlman figure. Nice. I have one in my collection. In fact, it's the only uh, DC Direct uh, crime syndicate member I own because of that damned owl head. <laughs> and... He, he saw one there. He's like, who's that? I said, oh, that's Owlman. He said, who? I said, Owlman? Who? Damn it. Damn so, it. so I couldn't resist. No, you can't. Apparently, okay. he later got even like an owl sky sled, kind of like the Green Goblin. Yeah, he did. Only more owly. Yeah. Um, I did have the power ring, which is the Green Lantern analog um, power ring. I did have the power ring DC Direct at one point before I offloaded most of my uh, – most of my DC stuff. So I'm pretty, I, it was a pretty rad figure. Um, but just the original designs of these figure of these characters is pretty amazing. Like, oh, and of course, Owlman was packing heat too. Oh yeah. He didn't, he didn't give an F. He was gonna, he was gonna do what he needed to do, but Ultraman's shoulders have to be as wide as, Oh, he's got like those Joan Crawford shoulder things going on. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he's, I, that he, might be the he's first going to be uh, having a football skirmish later in the day, you know, and he's had to be ready with his shoulder pads. That might be but the yeah, first the, Joan Crawford reference ever. I believe it may on well this show. I'm proud of. Yeah, you. so the the original uh, incarnation of Ultraman. Uh, yeah, he he basically the their headquarters had to have really wide doors. Oh, super wide. Super wide, but you, yeah. Who wants to have to kind of, you know, pivot sideways so, to get in the door? So you had Owlman. Then you had arguably the darkest member of the, of the, uh, of the, of the crime syndicate in Johnny Quick. Um, yeah. Because he was, he was on drugs all the time. He was, it was basically the, the less innocent version of Elongated Man. 
<laughs> Where he had to have, what was it that he had to drink to? Gin Gold Cola. Yeah, he had to drink the Gin Gold Cola in order to uh, be stretchy. This guy was basically the Flash. But in order to um, in order to to, to run fast, <laughs> smell far, he had to um, <laughs> he had to drink speed juice, literally called speed juice, which we later find out not in the early incarnations, but later is the blood of Earth 3's Jay Garrick. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, yeah, that is dark. That is super dark. They went super dark with it. Uh, they made all of the crime syndicate super dark, you know, in the later when when comics got dark, they, they yeah. made the crime syndicate super dark, but not until then. Oh, exactly. Man. So weird. So what about Power Ring? I want, I want to hear your take on Power Ring. Well, Power Ring seems like the most unimaginative. It's like I'm going to name myself after the <laughs> thing that I use. I mean, Green Lantern has a Green Lantern ring, but he doesn't call himself Green Lantern ring. This doesn't have a nice, nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah, they, they maybe phoned in Power Ring. Yeah. Well, what's he got? Power Johnny ring. Quick recycles an older DC character who wasn't evil. Okay, yeah. Golden Age type characters. And we can allow for that. But Power Ring? <laughs> Power ring. It's like, I just, like, should Owlman have just been Owl Gun? <laughs> I mean, Owlman's kind of phoned in, too, but then again, so is Batman. So we can't yeah. really fault him. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, Superwoman, who is their uh, Amazonian analog. Yes. Which, which I think deliberately, because I found uh, some panels of a comic where apparently she hates alliteration. <laughs> but yeah she in this she's basically it's interesting because she's the leader and yeah in the crime syndicate whereas you know superman and she's basically the lieutenant of superman it's the it's the opposite in when it comes to the crime syndicate and she is like take no prisoners no whole barred amazon like kind of amazon unleashed I guess. Um, but that is your uh, core group. Yeah. Yeah. And she's sort of like the goth Amazon. So she doesn't wear a lot of bright colors like her earth two counter or her earth one counterpart. Right. She's, she's goth wonder woman, which I'm sure I've seen <laughs> at least one cosplay. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it turns out it wasn't Superwoman; It was just goth wonder woman. But that isn't the only thing that, um, that was different about the Earth 3's superheroes. Because on Earth, or, or I guess I guess the Earth 3 setup, the, the, the supers of Earth 3. Because on Earth 3, you had, at the, at the start, only one superhero. In yeah. the form of Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, yes indeed. You want to put everybody on their ass, make it, make it Lex, oh no! <laughs> I just I just want to know like were people's like was this a big event like I wish I could find like critical reception of what this ha what what people were saying in 1964 exactly and there, there's not really there's anything not to be had 
But I can tell you my entree into the crime syndicate was at their seeming demise. Ah, yes. And that would be in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, where the, the first time I'd ever heard of them. And I got the impression they probably existed prior, but I had no idea how old they were. They were decades old by then, probably little utilized after their initial appearance. Essentially, yes. They had made some appearances throughout time. Um, they, they, had, they had come back periodically um, before that. You, you had, you know, you had a couple stories where um, they, would, they would show back up. One of them would get out of, of the limbo prison that they were put in when the Justice League inevitably won their, their initial outing. Um, and one of them would make an escape and get out and then, um, you know, cause some havoc. There was one instance where they all got out and, and caused a bunch of, uh, a bunch of hibbledy bibbledy, um, yeah. before the, before the, um, the events of crisis, which for at least for the time being took them, took them off page. Oh, yes. And the thing about it is, like, when I first encounter them, um, I often my uh, my conscience in comics is my friend Steve, uh, who, sure. when I sort of scoffed at the name The Crockett, did point out that being the principal superhero, super-powered beings of their world, effectively are free to do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> That's valid therefore why not call yourselves the crime syndicate yeah and in fact when they first appear they're getting pretty damn tired of you know they're committing all these crimes and it's like a twilight zone episode where you know that sucks all the fun out of it because all they have is lex Luthor to occasionally Mm -hmm. try to stop them right and so there's nobody that can stand up to them. And anybody that could yeah. stand up to them um, is a bad guy. Like yeah. the, every – because it has to it, – because it, by its very definition has to be the mirror image of our Earth, all of our superheroes eventually show up and are bad yeah, guys. They did start to, uh, to introduce more characters like Sea King. Yes. Seeking, seeking, yes. uh, or Barracuda, depending on which iteration lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the one that, uh, the one that always, uh, makes me laugh is, um, is, uh, oh, what was it? Well, death, um, death storm, the, the firestorm. Yes. Actually played a pretty big role later, but blood eagle. I mean, yes, I said blood eagle. <laughs> I mean, blood eagle is 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 the Hawkman is the opposite Hawkman. Now, now, um, we are talking about a comic that is written by Grant Morrison, and we know how I feel about Grant Morrison. I love Grant <laughs> Morrison, but Grant Morrison is you know a, a wild magic hippie dude that's just going to do anything he wants to do anyway. So 
Um, so he had a little fun with it, I think is what I'm getting at here. He had, he had, he had himself a little fun with Blood Eagle and Barracuda and White, White Martian did stick around. So that was one that White Martian, yeah, I love that because that, that's right out of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Beverage here. <laughs> is that, no. It, listen, rush, that made me, rush. I don't care. Roll with it. Like I said. White Martian is where you mix uh, heavy cream, vodka, and a spritz of high C ecto cooler. <laughs> that is the grossest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. That is that is like the old, one of only two mixed drinks I've ever created. The other being the uh, vodka and Goldschwager and uh, milk, which is the fool's Russian. <laughs> it's, it's that is also the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> With a spritz of ecto cooler, just everything. You just happen to have a cool, like a, yeah. like a fridge full of like, ecto cooler, don't I've you? Got a bunch of ecto cooler I preserved against the contingency of nuclear war. Because it'll, and, it, it has, it'll stay. It, it'll keep. Yeah, it'll keep. keep. Just forever. And uh, occasionally I'll crack one open from the uh, the casks that I keep down in the cellar, and uh, <laughs> and mix it with whatever alcohol has been. What, what's this? Uh, Hard cider and ecto cooler. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, are you ready? Are you ready for the for the impending war? Yeah, yeah, come down yeah, here. I got, I got cognac and ecto cooler. He's got a leather chair and a side table with a pipe <laughs> resting on a Herman Melville novel, and then just casks, oak casks lined. Yeah. Just full they basically of just poured them out of the cans into oak casks. <laughs> it's just. Pouches of ecto cooler have been poured into. Damn it! So gross. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so so that's your kind of key lineup. Later in the new Fifty Two, you get Deathstorm, Sea King, Atomica, and Grid. And there's one person that I didn't put on my um on my list that actually um was a pretty solid um get and that was their version of alfred who was ah. just a monster oh my who was just a horrible horrible monster um he we're not talking like snaggletooth hunchback type monster, no no right? like like uh like metaphorical monster um yes i need to find out because he had a name it was like the other or something and i don't know where my link went to it um the outsider was his name um and he basically was everything that alfred is in you know the earth one earth zero whatever you want to call it to batman he was the exact opposite so he was all like like imagine alfred but alfred is ross al ghul (laughs) and that's basically basically what what he is um, he infiltrates uh, in the comics in which he is he is important, right? Um, he infiltrates our Earth as our Alfred. Um, he like sends like coffins to Batman and Robin. He sets up this huge elaborate scheme um, to try to kill them. So. You know, until he has found out, he does a lot of legitimate damage to Batman and Robin as the outsider 
posing as Alfred while he has Alfred kidnapped. It's great. It's actually pretty damn good. <laughs> Kudos to um to that storyline because it was pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> it's freaking Alfred. Like, <laughs> like that was great. Um, the Robin of Earth Three was was known as I think Talon. I think Talon. Yes, the Dick Grayson was Talon. Um, ah. There was Quizmaster, which was a which was a good guy, because all of that's the other thing. All of yeah, you had your uh... all of the bad guys were good guys. Yeah. So you had the Jokester, Quizmaster, um, Joker's daughter, um, Ray Palmer, who was who ends up being uh, a bad guy. Um, all, all of these guys who who would have been the bad guys end up being the good guys. In exactly. which is pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. Like I'm into it. No, I think it, it. What the crime syndicate did was open doors for future writers, because it was just there was so much potential there that 80s DC saw no use for. Who can we kill in the crisis? Sure. Apart from the made up royal family uh, that Lady Quark came from. You know, where the, you have this royal family of three who are the superheroes of their Earth, and uh, two out of three were wiped out, and Pariah winds up rescuing Lady Quark, for which she hates him, but then eventually calms her happy ass down and starts to become a, a part of the DCU after the crisis, but still, you know, carries that survivor's guilt. But, you know, th these were throwaway characters that were, you know, some writer would occasionally bring back for some, as you say, uh, mirror universe hijinks, and then they would be disappeared and mothballed until needed again. So it, it was a good choice. Who do we get rid of? You've got somebody compelling, somebody some older fans would recognize, and the analogs are obvious, so, but do we really need a Mirror Universe Justice League? I say great white affect them. <laughs> um, and and so it was, but then decades later, oh yes. so, you know, decades after their creation, they get offed, decades later, they, you have writers who you know, feel the need to, uh, you know, retrofit the fact they got Thornton Wilder a while back. And, uh... <laughs> well, I think it comes down to the the same thing that we always talk about when we talk about guys like, you all of a sudden you have like your Grant Morrisons and your Jeff Johns that are, that are writing. And these guys were huge fans of comic books. When they were kids, you had the initial run of these guys literally creating from whole cloth, cutting from whole cloth these characters, right? What if we had um, a guy that lived in the ocean that could talk to fish? What about, well, why don't we make him from Atlantis? Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, they're literally crafting these things. They're, they're, they're molding from clay the ideas that become 
you know, our, our fictional gods that we've, we've, you and I have followed for 40 odd years of our lives. Then you get the people that grew up with them and want to much in the, you know, the same oral tradition as, you know, anybody, any other storytellers want to reinvent or, or use those same characters to tell their stories. So you've got them pulling them out of this and they always get like tossed into a limb, like, like the negative zone or, uh, yeah. or, or what's the, the negative zone is, is that that's not DC, which, what, which one's the DC, the phantom zone. They always get tossed yeah. into like the phantom zone and then you just yoink, pull them on out when you want something crazy to happen. Um, and then put them back when you're done and then pull them right back out. It's it's pretty great. One that we didn't touch on that I definitely wanted to touch on before we move past all of the characters that we have access to is it's um, Anata's Aratas, which is Zatanna's Zatara. Backwards. Means no worries for right. the rest of your days. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but that's that's Zatanna on Earth three, but it's her name okay. backwards. Yeah, of course. Which is pretty great. Good, good for them. Good for them for coming up with that one. I, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, but yes, that you're not wrong in that. So, you know, where I was introduced to the crime syndicate, outside of you know, I had a passing knowledge, but I wasn't, I wasn't the fan of DC. I was a Marvel kid, and you were a DC kid. So by the time yeah. I got to the crime syndicate, um. I, I got introduced to the crime syndicate as they were as they were brought in, not even on Frank Quietly's Earth Two, but JLA Syndicate Rules was the story arc that I got into, and it literally spun out of the JLA Avengers crossover. Do you remember the JLA Avengers crossover? Oh my God! Yes, the one we. Waited even longer for than the uh, final issue of Camelot 3000. Yeah, they were reintroduced as part of that crossover. So okay. I read, so you know, I waited forever, just like everybody else, to read the that, and then all of a sudden there were these like, like a John Stewart power ring. Yeah. You know, and um, and Owlman was there, and um, you know, and on M, Slim, and Ben. I mean, but they were, but. But Annie M was a uh, kidnapped the real Annie M and uh, sent yeah. coffins to Dorothy. Uh, it was it was messed up, man. Including a little bit of dog coffin. Yeah, which made it even yeah. Worse. And and uh, they were saved by the wicked witch. Here, not Toto. Well, that's a question I have for you, since we're kind of and had coffins for the entirety of the band Toto. <laughs> that's dark. Yeah, that's that dark. Really is. Because if there's one thing that people love more than Wizard of Oz, it's the rains down in Africa. Um, oh, that's so true. And nobody wants to think of a posthumous reunion. <laughs> one one question I did have for land. you, yeah. as yeah. you know, since we're since we're softball in this one because we're both exhausted from the last five weeks, is if you had to do this, let's say, in any other universe. Or with any other characters that weren't used, how would you do it, and who would it be? Oh, that's that's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's a question that I have that I'm interested in because they don't. DC did this, and you would fully expect Marvel to have jumped on that bandwagon. They had. Yeah. They had how long to do it? 
you know, <laughs> they've had they've had eight, you know, what, what, sixty odd years to do it, and it still hasn't been done, which is a you know, which is a a testament to Marvel, but also b a um really not something you would expect Marvel to drop the ball on. So like, what would you want? Like, who would you see and and what would you want to see? Yeah, and that's interesting. I, I'm racking my brain because I thought there was some kind of evil Avengers thing, but I think it was like evil Avengers, you know? Yeah. At, at some point. They, they were just, just sort of like, it's like Captain America, only evil. Well, they did but it, it wasn't a like with Dark Avengers. That's the only one I can think of that they really did it with. It seemed like there was some kind of storyline where there was maybe a, a Scarlet Witch uh, invoked dark well, that, world but it was but it was just basically everybody it was the same folks they were just darker yeah yeah it wasn't this but it wasn't like you know uh sure shot and uh <laughs> i don't know any other archery terms but um you know uh it wasn't like crimson sorceress and uh it's, it's harder to do you know with captain america what do you what do you do well i mean i think you you the obvious answer is you 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 make him um, a Nazi that you know oh, that's you, true. You do the Red Sun, you know you you make him a Nazi. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's the that's the obvious the obvious answer for that one. Um, no, yeah, you like, just have a world where the Axis won the war. Yeah, yeah, but but you you know you you start thinking about these other worlds and other characters and how they would do it, and that's always been interesting to me. You know, just like, just just what that would look like. It, yeah, that's that's always been just something that that that's always been there. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things I think about because I'm a because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> oh man! So what else do we got on the yeah, crime syndicate? Those are important. Uh, well, I what's interesting is that the crime syndicate just it is the perennial bad penny. Yeah, that's true. Because they do just keep coming back. And like a poor marksman, you can't, oh, sorry. Um, I think that, uh, that's what really makes them fascinating is that we've had over a great many decades so many different takes on them. Yeah. Uh, from the, you know, the, the Hooters Halloween costume to the, really kick-ass version that uh, of the modern owl man and uh you know the the scaling back of the ultraman shoulder spikes <laughs> well it always over the years. it always struck me um that owl man was a lot closer to midnighter um ah, than to yeah, batman no. that one always that that always struck me as accurate <laughs> but you know that was that was just something that I had thought about when we were doing the research for this. I'm like, yeah, okay, but also the lot closer to something like a to like a Midnighter, which you know, alternate evil or pseudo evil versions of the Justice <laughs> League are are as much a dime a dozen as the Crime Syndicate is. Because, yeah, because you have, you know, in in the in in that. In in the um, what was the name of uh, crap? What, well, it was Wildstorm. 
you know, where you had Apollo and Midnighter and, you know, all of those characters, you constantly have these kind of evilish versions of the Justice League popping up, which was was something that that they didn't really do across the street at Marvel. They didn't introduce yeah. you to this this evil Avengers. You had your bad guys, but they weren't analogs for them. You know, you had the the crime syndicate definitely started the um the trend. But you also had like the Ultramarines, which were you know, the government sanctioned. You had um Infinite was it was it Infinity Inc.? What was the ones that um they had to take the pills or they would die. It wasn't, you know, you had... Well, Infinity Inc. was the uh, DC's uh, a lot... The bulk of the characters were the offspring of... Yeah, yeah, they were the... Sort of the, the classic, uh, and they were sort of in it for the money. Right, right, right. Um, Which, ironically, we did not... I don't think we invoked them in Brawling for Dollars. I, we should have. So, so, yeah, there were so many things that got forgotten there. That's all right. We can. We yeah. can. Um, but, you know, there, it's an interesting concept that DC has kind of saddled themselves with, which is uh, we're going to keep introducing the the weird um, the weird analogs, the the bad guys, the you know, and they even have what was called the crisis on on uh, on Earth three was a justice society um comic yes so they've been using they've been using the idea of this being a crisis for for a really long time it's a it's a dc staple you gotta have a crisis every three four (laughs) years you know so so it's not surprising that you had a crisis on infinite earths and it's 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 not surprising they keep pulling these characters out because they're compelling Yes, and it's interesting to see what a new generation or a new batch of writers and artists, uh, their take on them. And it, it just sort of, you know, breathes so much uh, life into what, it, you know, proves that these things are still timeless and are topical. Yeah, yeah, it does. And they and they do. They use them pretty much constantly. They'll just keep bringing them back. Um, the last iteration was right before the new 52 ended. So it hasn't been that long ago that they brought him back as a part of like this, like Pandora war that they had <laughs> where inside the Pandora's boxes, where these guys lived and they released them in the earth. They're always like a big deal though. Yeah. Like it's never just, Oh, here they are. It's always like a pretty big deal when they get pushed back out into the limelight. Um, they're a real threat for the justice league. Cause they are their equals. Um, yes, it's like that uh, Will Smith movie. Which one? Uh, the one where he's like the clone. Oh, Gemini Man. There you go. Yeah. So. Damn it, Gemini Man. I just watched that. It is not great. It is not <laughs> a great movie. I think. I think maybe we can say Ang Lee should hang it up because we've, <laughs> he's been swinging. He's been swinging really hard and 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 missing recently you think mighty angley has struck out yes i i do i do i I think i think maybe it's time um do you have any final thoughts on uh the uh crime syndicate before we hang this up because somehow we managed to go through an entire hour here i had a feeling we could make it we could make this happen yeah 
I think my final observation is Owlman sure. is even an even greater Batman analog or, or you know, Bat-type character than Batman. Oh, okay. I'm because each, each have a tenuous grasp on their place within their respective Justice League or Crime Syndicate. Okay. You know, each each of them, they're the really the odd man out. I mean, Green Arrow can kind of get in with funds. And I guess as can Batman. But, you know, the thing about it is that when absolutely everybody else has some kind of superpower and you're the normal guy, that's tough enough. Sure. But when you live in a world where... Everybody who has superpowers avails themselves of the fact that they're infinitely better than you. And we'll go and, you know, they're, they're worse than the mafioso. And yet, normal guy gets in. Sure. That makes him an even better Batman than Batman in that context. Yeah, because they're they're not in on Earth three. They're not cutting you any slack. Yeah, I mean, how do you get that foot in the door without having it smashed and pulped and set ablaze and uh, you know all kinds of nasty things done to you? Well, Earth three runs it on you know runs on what what is basically Klingon rules. Yeah. So and somehow he's managed to finagle his way into the group as. You know, in grays and navies and a taxidermy owl on his head. Maybe that <laughs> was how it all worked I mean, in the first place. They had to have seen that. Like I said, they have to be, you know, they have to have seen it and been like, this son of a bitch is the craziest guy. Yeah. In the I world. mean, his dad is the commissioner of police and he's running around in full view with a dead bird for a hat. Just screaming, like, I hate you, Dad, with a dead bird on his head. Just hanging yeah, around like, the city. So, yeah, let's let him in. Either that, I mean, if we didn't already know that his dad was, in fact, the, uh, the commissioner of police, then, you know, maybe it's like Flounder in Animal House. He, he was a legacy. Right. But he wasn't, so... <laughs> well you know maybe it started as a mascot and they were just like oh he's he's insane oh we what? oh he's yeah he's yeah let's and the thing about around. it is why if whatever you know let's just say Ultraman is like why precisely um do we have a normal guy on the team and Superwoman, who, you know, as their leader, naturally has to point out, well, of course, we have a normal person on the team because it gives the rest of the population something to aspire to. Sure, sure. And then if he just shoves the antimatter kryptonite up uh, Ultraman's ass while he's not paying attention. He's like, yeah, I'm crazy. And just like, yeah. <laughs> I was carrying this around in my pants all week. I, oh, you thought this owl had eyes? Them ain't eyes. 
kryptonite. Like, what? <laughs> well, why would that be a thing? And it's like, what is that smell? I put new eyes in the owl. They're fresh. <laughs> I, got a, I got a pocket full of fresh eyes and two eyes that are in a kryptonite. Wiggity woo. It just, like, runs off. And you're like, what? Yeah, he's got, like, a utility belt full of owl's eyes that he throws at people. I mean, they're not effective as weapons, but they gross the crap out of you. It's worse than that uh, Ecto Cooler drink. He's just like, he's like, uh, I don't think Owlman should be on the team. Okay, you you can tell him. Yeah. Because I'm not I'm not going to tell him. You you tell him. He's got real decaying owl eyes in in his weird owl head taxidermied owl head that he strapped onto his onto his human head then he keeps another pocket full of owl eyes you can <laughs> tell right. him you can tell him he's not on the team but i'm ultra bad yeah. i'm super powerful i don't i don't care i i don't yeah really at the end of the day does it matter to me whether or not but you know if you want to tell all owl eyes uh you go right ahead just l- let him have gotham he's not gonna bother us if he's running around gotham like an like an insane man with a taxidermy taxidermy owl strapped to his head. That's right. Which does uh, bring to mind the uh, one of the villains of Muggerville. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's like an old guy. He's like the Vulture from uh, Spider-Man, only you know in that kind of age bracket. Okay. Uh, and he basically, you know, he wears a costume. Uh, very not unlike the vulture. It's it's a lot of green and a lot more green. A little <laughs> green bit of white, green. yeah, green on green. A little white around the the neck, and then he has a bird's nest. Oh God! On top of his head, because he is none other than Nest Egg. Ah, uh, yes, Nest and Egg. Basically, he commits crimes so that he can retire. But he's also like an actuary in real life. So he's, you know, he he's a, he's a financial planner yeah. by day. But he's actually not very good with not money, good. so he has to commit crimes on a constant to hopefully be able to uh, make it through his golden years. Yeah, he's not good. He's not good at his job. <laughs> and he's also not very good <laughs> at committing crimes, so. Yeah, it, it's a lose-lose situation. So luckily, he's got that other job to fall back on, but still. <laughs> All right. Why don't we? Get... We're Our now rambling incoherently. Yeah, that's right. We we've run out of steam, folks. So uh, thank you everybody for joining us here at Hey Kids Comics on the Jedi Cole Universe at JediCole.com. And you can always drop us a line at JCUMail at Yahoo.com. And uh, check me out on the first and third Sundays of every month on the Rancor Pit Live from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central on DallasOnAir.com and the third Sundays of every month preceding the Rancor Pit Live from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. with Isle of Toys. There you go. There you go. And you can, of course, uh, you can, of course, find us on the uh, socials at HK Comics Show. Um, Cole, is it too early for you to start plugging uh, March? I don't think it is. No, it is not. I don't think so at all. I think it's high time I yeah, uh, started start. doing that every week. Um, if you've listened to the show for the past, God knows how long, pretty much since its inception, um, you know that Alcon, the uh, 
convention for pretty much everything under the sun in Addison, Texas every year. This is 16th year of Alcon Dallas, uh, which you can uh, visit them at all-com. March 12th through the 15th, there will be over 400 events going on. A second Battlestar Galactica reunion. Because they love it too much. The original Battlestar Galactica, a lot of people complained they were taken by surprise because it was not announced until fairly close to the convention last year. So uh, Terry Carter, Lorette Spang, who prior to last year's Alcon had only done maybe three conventions in 30-something years. Herbert Jefferson Jr., and Lockhart, Jack Stauffer, and Sarah Rush, all amazing, fun folks. And uh, even though I'm on cosplay guests, uh, Fluke Skywalker is apparently one of the cosplay guests. Hey! So, you know, <laughs> Big Jedi Cole, i got to give a shout-out to Fluke Skywalker. That's a pretty fantastic name. I mean, if you're going to be... If you're going to be a, a Luke Skywalker cosplayer, lean into it. I'm trying to figure out some of this other stuff here. but And, of course, um, myself, Mrs. Jedi Cole, and a, the amazing uh, cast and crew of the Games and Theory game show track for AllCon. 15th year of game shows at AllCon. There was one game show on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Same game show, different cast. The Geek Match game launched it all 15 years ago. Now we have, on average, about 35 different titles a year. And this year is no exception. These guys are bringing some amazing game shows. And I'm bringing back the Ben Stein's Money ripoff Jedi Cole's prize pile for the first time in probably about five years. I uh, successfully defended the prize pile for three years in a row and retired the show. But for the 15th anniversary, I'm bringing it back one last time. And ideally, some lucky contestant will win a crap ton of prizes. And it is a crap ton. It is a lot yeah. of prizes. I bring a lot of prizes to bear for this. And uh, if things went like they did those prior three years in a row, I have to spend the rest of the weekend getting rid of all those prizes. <laughs> None of it comes home with me. That's the rule. So. And there's plenty of opportunity to win whatever you want oh god there are prizes or prizes or game shows uh for movies like uh, my very popular screen time we have don't lose your geek card incarnations we have uh the horror vault is returning uh there's uh i think there'll be a back to the future game show again this year uh yes in fact it has been confirmed that uh, two uh two showings of that uh, zach schroeder's uh from the um Rancor Pit Live, his incomparable 20-sided trivia, uh, which pits contestants against uh, role-play challenges that sound an awful lot like a trivia question. Right. <laughs> it's it's great. It's fantastic. If you but you're going to be hearing about it for a, a lot, a lot of – from pretty much straight up until March. And we will, of course, be taking a hiatus uh, probably in uh, mid-February through mid-March. Yep, we will. We'll, we'll we'll get as much done and we'll do as much updating as we can. But it's a lot of work, and we have to step away uh, so that so that that work can get done. Uh, but but 
that doesn't mean we don't have shows lined up through 20, God knows. Cole, what have you lined up now, 2022? I think we are uh, scheduled well into 2022 yeah. now. Uh, and every time we turn around, something will get some new ideas or some new damn movie or TV show will add yet another or uh, show or another arc. And it just goes on and on and on. And as we speak, new Black Widow's legend figures have been announced. So if if on a toy front, if you guys have been um, have felt slighted in the past because of a lack, you know, you'd go to get that one Black Widow figure out of the the case that only has like half of a Black Widow figure per case. <laughs> um, now we have the white Black Widow standalone, the the one that comes in the uh, in the deluxe box. They're releasing her as a standalone. Also, the Cole's hated Frank Miller short red hair gray suit Black Widow oh. figure is being released as well. So just know that that's coming as well. So we've got there's a lot of toy news coming up. Uh, Cole will be covering that all on a lot of it on uh, on Isle of Toys, and of course we'll be doing it here as well because we can. Um, and uh, we, in fact, uh, we are only a few a scant few episodes away from. Jumping back on that toy bandwagon. That's right. And uh, and the uh, we also have in coming up in February. Uh, we're going to be doing a uh, special episode about love triangles. And I I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for that. But Cole, I got to go because I've got to go. There's a possum in the backyard that I'm going to catch, and I'm going to hollow it out, and I'm going to put it <laughs> on my head. You would think it was so I could be an alternate superhero to a superhero that exists. Really, I just want to wear a possum on my head. Call it what you will. So uh, I think I'm going to shove off. Oh, possum. Oh, oh, possum. (laughs) That's what my name is. It's going to be Seamus Opossum. Um, I'm going to wear a kilt and have a shillelagh and a possum on my head. It's going to be great. Everybody's going to leave me alone. That's the thing. It's like yeah, the guy that talks to himself on the subway. That's what Owlman is. Like, everybody just leaves with the eye. Exactly. Yeah, we don't tell him anything. We just let him do what he's going to do. Um, all right, Cole, say good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on Aikens Comics. You're an opossum. I, that's a bad Irish. Give me a good Irish opossum. Oh, it's Seamus uh, Sh- opossum. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, I know. It's all right. It's better than mine. <laughs>